Welcome to God Stories Radio, Session 20. This is Fritz. I'm Mike. I'm just glad to be back, Mike. Uh, I know we took a couple weeks off, not that it uh, was of our own it doing. It was not our doing. We uh, had a technical uh, mishap. We had a laptop that took a trip. It took a trip, and uh, that was uh, more, more likely Satan, for sure. Absolutely. But uh, Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, because... Uh, a blessing and a size happened from it. Amen. Amen. So how's your week been, Mike? Uh, it's been a great week. Um, just trying to uh, continue to walk with the Lord and have my eyes and my ears open looking to see what uh, he's going to, where he's going to take us next. That's uh, fantastic. This is God Stories Radio, founded to bring hope and encouragement through the Christian, Christian testimony. testimony. Speaking of testimony, I, I just can't believe this is session 20, Mike. I know. I just just thinking of you know where we started a few months ago and the testimonies that we've had, and this testimony will be no exception. We've got Jay in the house tonight, also William too, but Jay's going to be giving his testimony tonight. So uh, Jay, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well. I'm blessed to be here. Amen. Thank you Amen. for inviting me. Uh, I have not had the privilege of hearing Jay's testimony, but you have. I've um, I sat in with Jay through uh, real life when they had their. Uh, Celebrate Recovery? Celebrate Recovery program, and I was helping out there, and Jay and I were in the same room each time, and, you know, we heard each other's stuff back and forth, and then it turned into uh, Real Freedom, and uh, then I've seen what's happened since. Yeah, you, you and I have really, really grown together. Yes, we have. Um, but again, knowing where you were and what happened before and where you were at when we met, and then seeing what happened in the last uh, couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, as I say, it's kind of a uh, a finish, a, a sort of a finish to a testimony. He's answering prayers, that's for sure. Yes. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Seeing that firsthand at Real Men. Mm-hmm. Every night. I know it. So, Jay, take it away, man. I I know I'm looking forward to hearing your testimony. That's for sure. Uh, All right. And that I have not heard it. So, uh, take it away, my friend. All right. I'm um, the youngest of two boys. Um, I grew up here in Orlando, the Doc Phillips area. My dad was in the military. He was special forces in the Air Force. When so, when I was born, he was still in the Air Force, finishing up there in Vietnam. And uh, I'd always wonder where we'd be at, and mom would. So he's finished up doing the war, and he'd be home one of these days. I'd see him every once in a while, and go back, and he would, uh, he just, I would just always sit there waiting for him. I'd be staring at the end of the driveway, just waiting for my dad to come home. Um, just a young boy wanting his father. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, I grew up there on the Butler Chain on the lake, which was really, really good. Had a lot of fun there. But, uh, Finally, my dad just didn't come home, and I asked my mom where, where what happened to him, and she said that they actually got a divorce and didn't want to tell me because it was really going to really gonna kill me, you know, as far as it's going to hurt me, and she knew it would, and uh, that he had a, an affair while he was over overseas and had another child on the way and had another girlfriend, so they got divorced. So he was actually living up in Alabama, and uh, it took my mom a little while actually to tell me that. She didn't want to want to took me because she just kept on playing a role that he is still at the war. She bit the dust and told me. It really crushed my heart. Really, my world fell fell in on me. 
I could understand. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, I was really kind of a little bitter about that. So I didn't really see my dad from, I was about the age of five, four or five. And then um, I saw him between there and about 10. I saw him maybe three or four times during about five, six years. I was a self, self-made person during it because it was just my mom. I'd have to get myself ready in the morning to go to school from kindergarten on up. I'd wake myself up, make my own breakfast, lunch, walk myself up to school, come home. Uh, nowadays, you do that, you'd, your mom and dad get arrested for <laughs> child neglect. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, I did it. The funny thing is, uh, first day of school, I went up to the bus stop, and there's an older boy, Tim, and uh, he said, let's skip school. I said, we can't do that. I said, yeah, it's fine. It's the first day of kindergarten. I skipped school with my neighbor. <laughs> okay. My mom, my mom still tells that story. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I, um, I spent a lot of time by myself out on the lake fishing in my canoe, um, just trying to fill in time had a lot of fr- try to have a lot of friends what friends I did have living out in the boonies where I grew up which now it's not the boonies everything grew up around it in the Bay Hill area and then uh fourth grade I really wanted to go see my dad I want to go want to go live with him and so I went and lived with him for, for a year and uh found out everything my mom said was true you know I went up there to to give my dad another chance to be a dad and he would leave early in the morning and not come home until late at night come home drunk and he'd you know make plans with me and break them and uh he'd blame it on other people other things and we'd have to get up and during the evening or during the night go get him at the bar and bring him home i did that year i did get the bond with my stepsister christina which uh, we're really close right now but uh he all the time he would say we'd do something and never do it never took me hunting never took me fishing I'd ask him to do it but his friends and that alcohol came first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we know all about that yes we do yeah so uh, and that, that but I always gave him chance after chance after chance um, I wanted that father in my life I moved back home in the fifth grade told my mom everything that she said was true but I still wanted that father then that same year when I was in the fifth grade uh, he was bringing a car home. My brother was visiting him. He's bringing a car home and got in a car wreck uh, coming home from the bar. His friend was driving because uh, he was too drunk to drive and pulled out in front of a logging truck, uh, a little 1970s Toyota Corolla. And of course, you know, he died. Another two guys didn't. Went up there to the funeral and never even cried. Didn't cry one bit. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, that's when, and that's when I realized I would never have a father, the father I always wanted. I'd never have it. Uh, walls went up. Yeah, I was going to ask you right there. If, you know, can you kind of share how you, you had to have been bitter. I mean, oh, I was angry. Deal, how did you deal with that? Um, I just shut down. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it goes I, to yourself. Sure. Yeah, right. I, all the all the walls went up fine stop feeling you know you know I was 
that was it you know, to me my life was over so I always just wanted the main thing I'm growing up a little kid I wanted a father and uh well I'm sure that's in every uh boy's heart yeah and some have them but they don't well it's especially it's you know I, I kept, kept, got kept telling you just got to wait till after the war you have just to wait so I waited and waited and waited and I kept waiting and I kept waiting and it never came mm-hmm. so and then uh, my mom she tried to find a, a fatherly figure for me but she just couldn't find the guy for me you know it's either they had their own problems or they just didn't want to commit you know but you know it's just so I never not until I was 15 did she remarry but you know he turned out to be a worse alcoholic than he was he he hit it hit it from us all until it was too late to after they're married wow. i started uh when i was 14 she got married moved up to illinois for a year they had the coldest winter they had in a hundred years you got like a minus 40 below regular temperature Ooh, that's minus cold. minus 60 wind chill yeah wow well, Florida grew up in Florida, and all of a sudden I'm in that kind of temperature. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> I've been through temperatures, but uh, below zero, but not that 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 low. Yeah, it's up in just about 60 miles west of Chicago, called uh, Rockford, Illinois. Moved, he retired, moved back down, and then uh, 15. Actually, moved back down. Moved up there and was 13. Came back down and was 14. Uh, ninth grade. Started smoking a little pot, drinking, hanging out with all the friends, divvying here, divvying that, you know. They say, oh, try smoking pot. Oh, it's not as bad as it, you know. What are they talking about? Smoking's not that bad. So, you know, of course, one thing led to another. By the time I was 16, I was hanging out at parties and doing cocaine and thought all that was having fun, you know. Starting to fill that void with something else. Yep, trying to fill that void, I was mm-hmm. going to say. You know, um, just started getting deeper and deeper. I was working as a waiter. Plus, I was getting money from the military, from the government, from my dad's death until I was 18. So I was working as a waiter, getting money also every month from the government. And then by the time I was 17, I was dealing drugs. So I had a lot of money coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dresser drawer, top of my dresser, just money all over the place. And uh didn't help either. You know, she thought she didn't helping me out, but <clears throat> my mom let me smoke pot at home. Couldn't drink, but we could smoke pot because she didn't want me d- dabbing into the alcohol. So my house became the hangout. Of Interesting course. philosophy. Yeah, really. She, you know, she was trying. She knew I was going to do something, but she's just trying to trying to corner it in one area but mm-hmm. that wasn't happening you know and then by the time I was 18 I was doing acid and ecstasy and dealing those I thought that was fun I thought ecstasy was the best thing in the world it actually made me feel good for a little while but not coming down off that high that low was pretty low mm-hmm. and then uh, so I I was pretty heavy into that until 
I was about 23, 24 years old, living living that kind of life. And then uh, when I was 25, I uh, moved to Hawaii. A friend and I just decided we were surfing and we want to go somewhere where there's actually some waves because Florida don't have any waves. No, they don't. And uh, so we moved to Hawaii because we want to go somewhere that's warm. California, it's just too cold. So at least the water is. Yes. So we went out there and my drug habits pretty much came way down, you know, because didn't have the money for it. Uh, wasn't dealing anymore. I was waiting tables at a nice rest, nice actually private club right on the beach in Diamond Head. Got to watch the sunset every evening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's right at sunset. It's called the Green Flash. Right when the sun's just going over the horizon, everything stops. And everyone looks. And if you see the green flash, it means it's good luck. As soon as it flash goes as soon as it goes down, everyone starts doing whatever they're doing again. I mean everything is it's pretty cool. Everything comes to a still. So I waited tables at night, surfed during the day and golfed during the day and you know, hung out. Uh did smoke a lot of pot there though, because that's what they're known for. Did but it improve your golf game? I thought it did. <laughs> <laughs> I did make a hole in one while I was there. <laughs> I was pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I lived a life, so I had to grow up there, though. Everything I had been taught was put to the test. You know, I grew up. Um, started to become a man there. You know, when you're thousands, thousands miles away from your nearest family member and mm-hmm. on an island, all of you and one other friend. But I tell you what, it's a gorgeous place and surf just about every day. Lots of fond memories. Lots of beautiful ladies, too. But yeah, uh, I'm sure there was no shortage of that. No, no, that there weren't. But uh, 2011, of course, I moved back home because of, because of 9-1. 2011 9-11 9-11 yeah. 9-11 right. yeah started working at Roy's as a waiter started making good money again and then I got into partying just about every night hanging out with all the friends from work and different girls all the time and here I found out if you had the cocaine you had the woman and that's what they wanted mm-hmm. it was easy and easy was right up my street and so uh drinking almost every night and and then of course i wanted something to keep going so we would get some cocaine make that phone call and we would start every night as a vicious cycle up and down next morning get up hung over have to smoke some pot just to get your stomach settled and regrouped and back to work and so you never do that again and of course work's over and back out doing it again uh 2004 uh i got a dui um i was in the midst of violate i was actually in probation on that and came up with the dirty urine i went to um it was a 30-day rehab and uh actually it did do a little it actually did a little work with me that's where i uh i did come with a little piece with my father the counseling i had there 
they put me in front of a chair and uh, had a conversation I never had before. Told them all the things that I thought, things to ask them, different questions they told me to ask them, and I asked them to forgive me for hating them. And uh, I told them I forgave him. Of course, I wasn't done yet, though. Got out. No, it's just the beginning. Yeah, so got out, still on probation, got another DUI. I wrecked my friend's van, got that dropped, got off of probation then. And then uh, got pulled over again, charged with another DUI, got that one dropped. Wow. Yeah. Expensive. I, I knew a guy in, in Massachusetts that uh, got a DUI, and uh, we, were work, we worked together. And he had a lawyer, and the lawyer says, a DUI, he says, if you murdered somebody, I might have a chance of doing something, but a DUI, I'm strapped. Well, this lawyer is uh, especially in the state of Florida. He he's big time money, but he's worth it. He's really he. Plus, he grew up here, like doing like he's been here for like twenty, thirty years. He used to be a federal prosecutor. He knows all the judges, and um, you know, it's who you know. Mm. Good old boy network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you pay enough, you'll pay enough. The good old boy works. Ten four. And then, uh, but while on this, while I was battling this, I was actually, I believe I was, was still on probation. No, when I got charged with that one, because I had to go back into a rehab just so they wouldn't throw me in a jail right away. Uh, six months mm-hmm. rehab called, uh, it's uh, Bridges of America, it's a six month in house treatment. You gotta stay there for two months and you can't leave. Um, after two months, you can get a job, and uh, you keep. And plus, they do have a church on site, so it is kind of Christian based. It's not push Christian based, but it is Christian based. Um, so I forgot the gentleman that ran it, but yeah, it's he's a he started off as a Christian based thing, and um, I really excelled in it. You know, learned a lot. They had like a, had a president, vice president, uh, secretary. For the beginners and the, and the senior part of it, I was a secretary and then the president, which you helped make all the rules and enforce it all. And I was everyone looked up to me, and uh, actually gave me a lot of a lot of confidence doing that. Everyone looked up to me and pushed me to go into it. And I was like, hmm. they saw things in me I never saw myself. It's almost kind of a Joseph moment. Yeah, yeah. And he he was even exalted in prison. Yes, he was. So yeah, that you know that was that was eye opener right there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I worked at uh, Mimi's Cafe because that was the only thing I really knew what to do was wait tables still while I was in rehab. Uh, one of the counselors, Mr. Brown, told me, uh, when you get out of here, either you have to get involved in church fully or go to AA almost every night. And right then I told myself, I'm going to church. I brought, I was luckily brought up in the church. My next door neighbors, uh, Bill and Pribble Warner, uh, God bless them. Um, they really pushed me. They brought me to church almost every Sunday. When my mom couldn't go, they took me. Um, so I was brought up. I had the seed planted. 
thank God. I it was there. And so when I got out, I started going to church. And I even was singing in the choir. And I was getting involved, but I was hanging out with all my friends. Mm-hmm. You know how that is. You know. Yes, you yeah. got to get rid of the everything in order to get away from the other stuff. Yeah, I wasn't stuff. ready to completely die yet. Mm-hmm. I was I was living on the fence. I was trying to do it his way and my way all at the same time. So I flip flop on both sides of the fence. I think we all have those conversations with the Lord at one time, like you, uh, you can have this, this, and this, mm-hmm. but I got this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and He right. just He squeezes you till He gets it all. Yes, He does. And plus, I I wasn't really making friends in the church then. I was getting involved, but wasn't making friends, and because uh, I was hanging out with my old friends, I wasn't I wasn't ready to die completely. Getting there, not quite. Still holding on to some baggage here and there. We all know how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, moved out to Claremont in 2008, and I was I was doing some church shopping out here because I didn't want to drive all the way back out to Dr. Phillips area for church. So I was doing church shopping and went to the Methodists. I went to the Baptist. I went to Real Life. Uh, I tried the. Family Christian Center right here, um, but when I know when I went to real life and it was the thing it just opened when, when I went. I'm like within a month or two, and I, was, I felt felt God there. But again, of course, I was still hanging out with my old friends and still drinking and partying and you know, and then on my way home from 20 year reunion. Actually, it was a pre-party the night before. Um, got charged with another DUI. Wow. Ooh. So this is my fifth charge. This one, but while I was in jail, this time I told God, I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm done. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Got out. Didn't get off the DUI course they tried to give me a felony fleeing and looting even though I just drove anyways that's another long story but they dropped the felony if I took the DUI so I didn't want to go to court so dropped the felony I took the DUI second one I figured since two out of five still not doing too bad so I took it did everything I had to do started attending real life Everything that God t- that then finally, everything God told me to do, I was doing. I did. Um, also, someone told me about start going to Sundays. Someone told me about I was broken. This I was finally broken. I was reaching out. I was asking questions. Now finally. And, and this DUI put you walking, correct? Yeah, well, I'll get to that. Okay. I'll get to that. Um, I'm still fighting it. Actually, I'm was, I was getting involved in the church. I'm still going to court. Every door that he was opening for me, I started walking through. I went to Real Men. First night of Real Men, uh, Justin was speaking. And first thing out of his mouth, he goes, you know, we all, I, I would bet most all of us didn't have a father in our life. 
Oh my gosh. Instant tears. And then he goes, but we all have the best father of all. Lord that. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh my gosh. Finally, I felt the walls falling down. They were tumbling. I mean, I just started opening up, started just, started seeing things, you know, started feeling, feeling again. Um, it was, it was amazing. It was, Justin was speaking right to me. And I was like, this is God. God, you, you are amazing. And then I sent John Denman's, uh, his group. And he's, I was, he could tell I was broken. Uh, he, I started, uh, telling my story. He told me his story. Made me feel a whole lot better. Uh huh. So, and I was like, man, if this man, and the way he was speaking, he had that freedom in his voice. You could, I, I want, I want what he has. You know, what is it that you're doing that I'm not? You know, so he he gave me that book Wild at Heart right then the first night. Um, our good friend uh, Dave Goffinet, you know, was telling me to get involved, and he said they actually need people helping at the way, teaching middle school kids the Bible. I'm like, I haven't even read the Bible in my life, you know pieces and parts of it you know in church and stuff like that but I could feel them pushing me to go do it so I went and signed up of course they said you gotta do a background check I was like oh I'm done (laughs) but I passed a background check and they said all right you're teaching so all right it's it's meant to be your it's doors are opening yes sir I, I I'm listening so I uh I still have, was still driving at the time, um, unrestricted, while we're still fighting it. Started teaching at the way, which was just phenomenal. It was real. It's you know, the kids didn't know I didn't know anything, but I was just reading from the book and helping out. I was this, I was the teacher, but I was assistant. But I put my two cents in and help out with the kids, and I even orchestrated for us to go to uh, took the kids in our group to the Magic basketball game and. They really loved that and just got involved with the kids. And then, uh, oh, there was this young lady that was there. Uh, just kept catching my eye. I wasn't looking at all. I'm about to lose my license, going through another DUI. I'm not looking at all. But this twinkle just kept on twinkling at me. And I was like, wow, I mind asking her out, but there's no way. I'm about to lose my license. I can't go pick her up. Man, I'm, you know, manlyhood, you know. You probably weren't feeling the best about yourself at this point. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not a lot of confidence. No confidence at all. But, you know, so, you know, I'd see her and she'd, I'd see her dancing and I knew she was dancing for me. Just the way she looked towards me, it's just the look. Just like he said last night yeah, that Chris the, said, yeah, the, look. the look, you know, the look. So I went home and I said, all right, good Lord. Um, just give me one more sign. If she's the one I'm supposed to go out with, she's the one. Well, the next Wednesday rolled around 
and uh, started talking, and she handed me her phone number. I think that's a pretty good sign. I think so, too. Unsolicited? Just handed it to you? She goes, here, here's my phone number. Give me a call sometime. We'll talk. Man. Okay. I need that kind of break, don't you, Mikey? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, I, that's, that's, and they say don't look. I wasn't looking. <laughs> but You know, that's it's funny that you would say that, Jay, because, uh, and I said in a podcast uh, about a month ago, it it seems like when it doesn't become important anymore, that's when he gives it to you. Amen. You know, I, I, I prayed for a TV for the longest time, and then finally it, I just didn't care. You know, I would mm-hmm. read. And God, uh, this guy blessed me with a 50-inch rear projection TV free of charge from a youth group. And I kept that for a couple of years. But yeah. it's funny that, yeah. it, you know, that's when it's, when it's mm-hmm. not important anymore. That's when you'll get it. It's like when you're not putting something in front of him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'll shove no other gods before me, and that means TVs. It does. Anything. And women, because women, you know, they take... They take time, let's right. face it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But no, thank you very much. That, you're exactly <laughs> right. So uh, we went out the next night or next the next week, and um, luckily I was still driving, so I met her and took to, took her to Carabas for dinner. And uh, actually the first time any man had taken her out on a first date that wasn't McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or something that really <laughs> blew me away. I was like, what kind of guys are you going out with? <laughs> so, uh, and she said that she she never gets nervous, but she was fumbling all over her words and everything. And after that night, everything's history. You know, it was just, it was meant to be. She's a good country girl, brought up in a good Christian home. You know, she has her own faults. She has her own story. You know, went through battles herself. From there on out, once I gave up, God's been working in my life like unbelievable. I mean, I I started working with a friend of mine remodeling houses. Doing I started doing my own re, handyman business. I lost my license. I was losing it for a year. We were dating. We date. We started dating in October. Uh, we were married. Uh, four nine, two thousand eleven, and uh, it's easy for me to remember because there's the last four digits of my phone number. <laughs> That's what guys try to do sometimes, huh? Thank you, God, because if I don't remember the month, I just say the number four nine one one. That's when I was married. All right, <laughs> you look genius. Yeah, really. I remember every time. That's so, great. And uh, but she was she was. She she was grew up doing it. She was in horses. She, she taught horses, uh, doing jumping and doing dressage, uh, but she quit. It was just ruined her life. Um, that was when she rededicated, started going to church, and she went back to school. Um, of course, not to get off the subject, she told herself she'd never go back to school and never become a teacher. Well, she's going back to school to get her master's and be about to become a teacher. <laughs> You you know what they say, never tell God never. It never, yeah. No. That's right. That's what Mo Midlow said when you, she was here. Just about time I'd get comfortable. Yeah, that's, I told myself when I was You're younger. I'm for it. 
I I would never be in the construction business. But you know, now look back look back at it. You know, those are agreements that the devil is making with me. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want me to be in the construction of where I enjoy it. I love doing you know home repair and just doing something different every time and you know it's, I really love working with my hands um, you know it doesn't matter what it is painting woodwork fixing something flooring I love it all mm-hmm. so but so Jennifer is going to uh, school so she would actually drove me for that first year to my jobs uh, whenever I needed it and it's like it's like okay I'm gonna humble you for a year but you're gonna have a way to make money for the year while for you and Jennifer you know she's getting her you know funding which helped out too for going to school but uh she was I still didn't have my license back yet and I was she was going to start teaching and all of a sudden a gentleman named Rick that goes to our church you know, he's got his own AC business, and we've been talking here and there because his daughter is in the same uh, life hurt God heals. That's what she was right. in with this with her and with her brother. So we were talking here on here and there, and you know, this is during the bad times of still when economy is terrible. And he was doing real well. He was talking, talking. All of a sudden, he goes, "You know, God's put in my heart to to I want to ask you if you want to." do AC because I've been asking a lot of questions I've been wanting to get an AC and he goes I'll come by you're on the way I'll come by every morning pick you up and drop you off I mean it was just God's timing again mm-hmm. it was like right when she was going back to school starting her new job he comes and asks me this and we're of course Jennifer's like well we don't know what we're going to do I'm thinking about I'm going to ask to walk up to Burger King or McDonald's or go to Winn-Dixie or some, somewhere walking distance, go to a job, get some kind of money to come in. No, God had other plans. So, grace, gracious of God, you know, Rick, you know, that happened for that. So he picked me up for from October until March until I finally got my license back. And uh, that was just heaven sent. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. God sent. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. After I got my license back then on March, uh was working with him and we we're doing real well and Jennifer and I decided we 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 want to have a baby. So we were thinking, all right, let's try it during the spring. Maybe get pregnant during sometime in the summer. If we get lucky, everyone's like, You're trying to time it? There's no way. We've tried for years. We tried for this. No way. It's not going to happen. Well, that's where we're going we're gonna to try. So hopefully she can get pregnant then so she'll have the baby in, you know, March, April, May. And then she'll be off through the summer also, you know, to help take care of a baby from school. And no, 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 no. Well, lo and behold, I believe it was the first time we tried after her getting off birth control, she got pregnant. I couldn't believe it. It's like, wow! <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Because I'm forty years old, and wondering, you know, hopefully got a few good boys left down in there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I've, I'm one of the family of my own. I want, I wanted to be the father I never had. 
really wanted to be the father Amen. I never had. And God blessed you with? A son. That's right. And the funny thing is there also is that he, yeah, he was supposed to be born April in May, like May 1st. And we were gonna, I was going to call him Jacob. She's like, no, it can't be Jacob. Too many Jacobs. All right, well, Caleb. No, way too many Caleb's. No, no, no. Thinking, thinking. It's like, all right, fine. We're gonna name him, name him Gerald Allen Parker the Third. We're gonna call him Jerry, like my dad. Okay, I can, I can call him Jerry. That'll work. Well, in the very beginning, my mom says he's he's gonna be born on your dad's birthday. And that's three weeks early. There's no way. I'm not dismissing it. You know, there's no way, no way, no way. Well. She been having her blood pressure been come up a little bit, you know, and so, of course, April twelfth, she goes in. She has a doctor visit, and her, her blood pressure is way up. So you need to go to the hospital right now. So we go down to Winnie Palmer, check in. They're doing her test and everything, and all of a sudden they come in and say, "Well, you're not leaving home without your baby." We're like. <laughs> okay, we were quite ready. You shouldn't be surprised by now, Jay. I mean, <laughs> you know, and so it was that night, you know, about midnight, and where she looks at it and she goes, "You know what tomorrow is?" You know, my my mind's so blasted already. I'm not thinking about anything mm-hmm. else. And wait, we actually we already had our, our anniversary. This that birthdays are coming up in June. What? It's your dad's birthday tomorrow. I'm like. Oh my gosh! I look up again. I, you, you make me laugh. You're you're up there laughing at us, aren't you? Yeah, it's one of those yeah. aha moments. That again, I'll, I'll it's it. another God moment. Yep. yep. It's just and it's just and one after you, another. He gave you your heart's desire. And he gave me a little Jerry, and uh, you know now he's six months old. Just turned six months last week. Looks just like me. Mm-hmm. You already got him fishing and hunting and uh-huh. playing football and all that stuff. Yeah, while we're watching sports on Sunday together. <laughs> Sunday is Father and Son Sunday. All right. So we, uh, we that's let, awesome. Uh huh. We let we let Jennifer catch up on her schoolwork or do what she's got to do, and you know we go shopping together. We do the sh- you know grocery shopping and let her do what she's got to do. So we have her time. So I like to call it the Father and Son Sunday. That's sweet. Yeah. About the time he was born, you know, I'm trying to figure out the God's got me a different path somehow. I can't figure it out. And we're not supposed to. And yeah, of course. And all of a sudden I'm just getting tons and tons of people asking me to do handyman work. And I gotta push them off. Or I've been doing actually for the past six months I've been doing it on a Saturday. But I've been doing it before Jerry was born. So, but now he's born, I'm not wanting to do it on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. You know, I need family time here on Saturday and Sundays. And so I put on my heart that I need to quit my guaranteed money and go start my own business. He has nothing but blessed me. Uh huh. So I got, you know, J of All Trades handyman service. And, uh, he just blesses me all the time and and i love it how people's just the look on people's face you know just like wow that's such a wonderful job 
you know, to you today. It's like, I can't believe the job you're doing around this house today. I'm like, well, thank you. You know, this is God's talents. He's given me. You know, think about it, I told myself I'd never be in the construction business. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. You got to watch. Never say never. Yeah. You got to watch those agreements you make. Open you know. mouth, insert foot. Uh-huh. Amen. So now that's that's basically, I think, where we've, yeah. we've caught up to everything. Right. So and that's all you wanted to say about your business? Um, Yeah. Well, well, what's the name of it again? J of All Trades. Uh, you can call me 407-373-4911. <laughs> we encourage shameless plugs here on really? God Stories Radio. Absolutely. Uh, or at J, J of All Trades at Outlook.com. You can email me. You do almost anything. Just about anything. As long as it's not uh, electrical, major plumbing, roofing, wall. What do you mean roofing? You and I were on a roof one day. A couple of days in a row, actually. Uh, I believe that was for a real help project. <laughs> was. He wasn't wanting to promote that, Mike. I know. That was a real help project. I know. God called me to do. <laughs> uh, but so you know, I, ever since I have given up, and I was going to the Wild at Heart boot camp and getting new ears, new eyes. You know, just seeing things differently. The healing from the past. And healed, yeah, he definitely, God healed me from that. Because that was, that was just something I didn't realize what I was carrying around. None of us do. You know. Explain to the listeners, if you will, what you mean by giving up. You gave up. You've referenced that several times during your testimony. I I know what you're, you're saying. I know what you're saying too, but go ahead. For someone that's, that's maybe listening for the first time. I gave up doing it myself, doing it my way, and I started doing it God's way, putting God first, uh, putting my family first, putting my wife first, putting others first. Uh, I'm last, you know, and it, and it was definitely really good training, especially now you're having a baby because, you know, right now everything else comes first before me, you know, and like just this last week, I got a big job right now I'm doing. We had a real help project, and the main day started on Friday. So I had no problem not working on Friday and going and working for God because he supplies everything, and everything is his anyways. And when you realize that, it takes a lot of pressure off of me. Mm-hmm. And he's going to bless you with more work from doing that. And I don't – and, and the good thing, I don't go – I don't expect it, but he no, gives it to me. It does. It, that's it comes. You can't outgive God. Mm-hmm. And what's really wonderful is now my old friends ask me, how do you do it? How do you get that freedom? The ones I left behind mm-hmm. are now coming towards me, are trying to come to where I am. And so I'm giving them what I've been given. And that's just proof that that your life is the best testimony, right? Mm-hmm. You know that you don't Absolutely. have to jam it down their throat. You know they they're watching. And they're, some of them I've been telling the last couple of years, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And I just been loving them and try not force it. Of course, you know sometimes you want to shake them. It's like, mm-hmm. don't you follow do me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but I just let my light shine through. I let it shine. Let it be bright. 
and and that's what people want you know and it's not just one it's been a couple two or three other ones and and through facebook i've talked to some other friends that are that are going to church they're following god and we have conversation we used to party hard together back in high school and all of a sudden you know they're doing the same they're living like i am and it's like yes Mm -hmm. and when you see that it's like you get that feeling all over again especially when you get another friend involved you know you're able to introduce it to them and they start getting even a little bit of freedom it's just that joy that's a warm fuzzy you can't explain no no that it's you can take all the drugs all the ecstasy all the alcohol everything balled up together all that ball of fun and put it down there and it still doesn't compare to what that does nope it doesn't it's only God can fill that void and that's those are godly moments when those happen Mm -hmm. and uh, speaking of godly moments if I could take just a second I'd like to admonish you because other than than Mike um, you were the second person at real life that I came in contact with. Mm-hmm. As a pretty distraught individual at this time, that's when you texted me and said, "Hey, I've got a book for you." And I'm like, "Okay." So the next Sunday when I came, you handed me Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. And of course, Mike says, "Don't, don't go straight to chapter 10." <laughs> and what did Fritz do? So what does Fritz do? Straight to chapter 10. Don't tell me I can't do it. <laughs> well, I found out why. Yeah. But anyway, you have have definitely been a fine example for me. You know, early on when, when you and I were attending several different classes mm-hmm. at the, at church, and, uh, and your wife has been very instrumental in helping Aubrey out of her shell. And I can really relate to your mom going back to what you said because I tried to, you know, Aubrey's mom passed away a couple of years ago. Actually, almost three, but I've I've tried to help her fill that void with other women and stuff like that, you know, here, introducing this and that. And finally, you know, she just up and told me, she says, I don't want to meet anybody else that you date or anything like that until you're serious about somebody and then then maybe you know and I, I you know you just don't realize the consequences of the decisions that you make and mm-hmm. how they affect your kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And man I, uh, I got a lesson from her that that's day. right I was gonna just say smart little girl Ooh. but uh, yeah when you said that I thought oh man I was doing that too you mm-hmm. know his mom was in her defense was trying to fill a void for him with other men but it, it, it can't be done right. obviously so right right but, and just uh, like uh, a little boy needs the father and needs the the uh, affirmation from the father uh, so does the the little daughter too so Aubrey doesn't need a, another woman she just needs her father to tell her that she's beautiful and she's got what it takes and she's Apple of your eye. Apple of your eye. Uh-huh. That's right. Man, that's have I come takes. to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice to know that we have a father that will never leave us or forsake us. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the first conversations you and I had was about being validated yep. by our fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, what never, a, I never got it from mine either. No. Mm-mm. But f- father did. Amen. He, he validated me for sure. Amen. And that's one of the one of the few one of the major thing. If you look like a real men, most of those guys. That's why Justin said most of y'all didn't have a father in your life, or if you did, they were checked out. Mm-hmm. They weren't involved. You know, they drank and didn't. You know, they, you know, they got their own story. That was one thing that really helped me out too, learning my dad's story, knowing he has a story too. You know that his dad would leave on Friday, go gambling all weekend, go drink, and then come back on Sunday, and go to work all week. So he hardly ever saw his father. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, and he went in the military when he was 17 years old. You know. Wow. So, but uh, I tell you what, uh, you know, people come to church and say what do I have to do you know it's like get involved get involved in the church you know it really that really helped me you know I couldn't agree with you more you know serving serving God serving for serving others for God it that's healing it is it really is I don't you know talking about your stuff you know your stuff Mm -hmm. and your situation and everything else but also going out and serving uh is healing yeah you know because after you know doing the one season of wednesdays with the with the bible class with the middle school kids then i went to uh then i went to uh, life hurt god heals for the high school kids i was a counselor with them with uh with todd and they really opened up when they heard my testimony and what I went through and plus I'd already been to the boot camp and I was fresh and I had all this knowledge and I wanted to give it back and let them know they're not the only ones and trying to set them down the right way and and, and I got I still do to the day have a personal relationship with a couple of these, these kids well, actually in one of them now the other one I think he moved but uh, the other one now he's he went to boot camp and his eyes are opening and man this he, he he's a brave young man and i'm i'm so proud of him going to boot camp and i still have relationship with him uh also doing um uh, freedom for teens then after that um then coming to a group leader on monday nights for a real men uh serving going over to um Altamont opening that opening up that church doing being an usher over there for three months before my child was born and now I'm ushering again I got on a team it's just always being involved and what's funny is a young man while oh and doing the course can't forget doing the uh real help projects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man talking about some changing some lives there I got a chance to get in on the filming of one of those I went out and did some camera work on that I was amazed it is I got to interview some people there's uh awesome. we have a neighbor she's um is her and her husband raising three grandkids three boys because their mom um was in prison doing drugs stealing and everything uh their father's not involved had nothing to do with them 
he had cancer in the throat. She has COPD. She goes in a coma. He was supposed to have surgery right before she went into a coma. And right when she was coming out of the coma, he died because he put off his surgery. And they're having problems at home as far as like their personal house. So I've been going over there trying to take care of it. But some of the stuff's just, you know, out of my control as what I can do for the house. Mm-hmm. So I started reaching out about a year ago and reaching out to the church for a real help project. Uh, you know, just putting it in a word, trying to put it to Tim, trying to, trying to, trying to, and and nothing, nothing, nothing. And finally, he goes, "Hey, what about, you know, so I said, man? They they really need need us. Um, the husband died. It's just her now. Before, as he was still around, the husband, but I don't think it would happen with the husband because he was just, I'll take care of it. Me, me, me. We could, we're okay. But we went in there and hauled away." three, four, I think four dumpsters loads of stuff because they're hoarding. He just kept making room inside, moving outside. Wow. Um, these three boys were lost. I mean, one's 15, I believe 13 and 10. And uh, I've been trying to mentor them, taking them, uh, taking them out, uh, taking them to eat, taking them to the monster truck rally. And, um, trying to spend what time I can with them. I know I probably do more, but so I've been trying to help the family out. But then the oldest, he had been stealing from the family and stealing credit cards and buying stuff and basically wanting things that everyone else wanted or had. Right. You know, but he's just going down the wrong road. He's going the wrong road, but he's also looking for attention. Exactly. And so when we were there this last weekend, finally Real Help said, we're going to do it. So we went in there and, like I said, did the four trash loads. That was, of course, you know, God put me in charge of all the trash <laughs> and uh, got rid of all that and had Mark Paolo come over to mentor with the kids, to talk to them, to get to know them, and uh, just be with them because he's just amazing with kids. And so we had two groups inside. One was doing one of the one was doing one room, the other one do another room, but the kids' rooms only this time. Might go back and do the rest of the house, but cleared out the, their kids' rooms, redoing it custom for them, everything they wanted, all clean, new beds, you know, brand new rooms for them. But Mark was mentoring to them. Plus, I was giving Mark a little insight about the kids and everything, and he got them. So, well, what do you think about the everyone here? doing this for him what do you think about these things like it's like well well, it's like you know these these people care about you there's people that do care about you in the world and it's getting through to them it's like wow i can't believe people are here you know doing this for us and uh the oldest is talking about doing dreadlocks and doing this and dreading his hair and mark's like what about coming to church like no 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 we're not coming saturday what about sunday no we're not coming sunday it's like okay why don't you come to wednesday with the other kids and we'll youth group okay we'll do youth group well the oldest one called on Friday and told Mark that he wants to start coming to church (laughs) a breakthrough yeah really fantastic so Mark's going to be picking them up bringing them to church and bringing them to youth group so I probably may have to 
you know, need, Mark needs a hand or something, go in there and help him out. But if we can get one in there and if we can get this family, this family's broken. I pray for them all the time. They're nothing, nothing's too big for God. No. And, no. you as, know. As you well know. Yeah, really. Right. It's more than just remodeling a house. It is. It's, it's, remo- it's remodeling a life. Amen. Trying to get, you know, heal their hearts because I know they have a lot of brokenness. Amen. Because both their kids, the kids, I've heard all three, well, two younger ones say they hate their dad. I know that feeling. I'm like, oh, sure. man. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I try to talk to them here and there, but you can't get, tell those kids too much at one time. Just got to love them. So, yep. well, we here at God Stories Radio will continue to to join with you in prayer for that family. No Please doubt about do. it. We will. So that's 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 caught us up to date, I believe, right there. Yeah. That is fantastic, Jay. Thanks for coming by and well, sharing thank you. tonight. Yes, thank, thank you, you so thank much. You, I, All God's glory. As Mike would say, I know there's a person or persons Some, right, out there, someone yep. that needed to hear that, and if you did hear it and you enjoyed that, please drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at gmail. Uh, If you have any questions for Jay uh, or just would like to speak with him, uh, drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at gmail, and we'll get him the question and or information or contact information, and he'll get in touch with you. Uh, We're not untouchable here. We want to talk with you. Mike, I think we had a couple of new countries come on uh, since we were last on. We've got a Poland, New Zealand, Netherlands, the Netherlands, uh, India, Germany, Colombia, Australia, Italy, the Mariana Islands, and and China's in there, Morocco, Brazil, Japan, the Philippines, the UK, uh, Nimbia, Nimbia, and and Canada. So uh, if you're in one of those countries and you listen, uh, drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at Gmail. I did get a note from a guy in South Africa. You did. And he's going to send us some of his music. And we, we spoke via Twitter. So cool. uh, they're listening cool. out there. Matter of fact, they're, they're third to the United States as far as the amount of listeners. And we just, we're just grateful for all of you who listen and um, just drop us a line and tell us you listen if you have any prayer requests send those as well to god stories radio at gmail i did get an update on one of the prayer requests that we got the lady that wrote in about her brother that was uh, dealing with um, the drugs and whatnot he ended up uh, staying home and and um, he was getting counseling and everything is appears to be working out at this point with that so god's in control amen amen that was session 20. That was session down. 20, man. Thanks finally again, down. Jay. Thank you. For coming by. And um, this is session 20. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God bless.